All right. First Corinthians 13, 1. You've heard it for the past few weeks. If I speak in tongues of men and angels but have not love, then I'm a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Meaning this, whatever we do as Christians, we need to do it in love. And tonight we're going to continue our series since you guys voted this one back into existence last week. All right. And this is the end of it for this semester. We will start again next semester and we'll start with Buddhism and Hinduism next semester. And so we will, because apparently you guys have enjoyed this, so that's great. But we need to move on and do a few other things for this semester. But we're going to do everything we do in love as Christians and especially as I present tonight's topic, which is Jehovah's Witnesses. And tonight in the room, there, there may be some Jehovah's Witnesses, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm very glad that you're here. And there's a lot of confusion at times, so what's the difference between a Mormon and a Jehovah's Witness? Or there, there's a massive difference there, a huge difference. And yes, the Mormons come to your door and they knock, as do the Jehovah's Witness. They come to your door and they knock. And so you may be like, well, which is which? Well, if you weren't here for the Mormon discussion, you can listen to that on the podcast. You can just look on iTunes and type in second students, and you can hear the whole entire thing. And you can hear the difference. But tonight's about Jehovah's Witness. And I'm going to, here's how it's going to work, is I'm going to give you a description of them, and I'm going to give you four doctrinal beliefs that they have that do not line up with Christianity. And let me just say this from the beginning. Jehovah's Witnesses are not Christians. I will say that in the very beginning. They will tell you that they are. I will tell you, and the Bible will tell you that they are not. First Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13.1. For I speak in tongues of men and angels, but have not love them a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. 1870 to 1875, a group of people in Pennsylvania participated in a Bible study that was later transformed into what is, can y'all be quiet up here, front row, chip eaters, very loud, and I have ADD. That was in love. That was so nice. Look at me. <sighs> they participated in a Bible study group that was later transformed into what is now known as Jehovah's Witness. So a group of people got together, had a Bible study, they formed Jehovah's Witness. Out of the group, a guy named Charles Taze Russell, he became the leader. He was 19 years old. Anybody 19 in the room? You're 19, a few of you? Great. 19-year-old uh, started this movement, started this movement, and they started calling themselves, I need you to zone in here, they started calling themselves Bible students. Bible students. And within a short time, there were two dozen Bible study groups. So they started with a little group of people. They started to call themselves the Bible students, and then it started to grow. This guy, Russell, he wrote several books that helped the movement determine what their beliefs were. Let me say that again. This guy wrote, this guy wrote several books to help them determine what their beliefs were. And about 30 years after that, after he started writing these books, these things that to tell them what they're going to believe, about 30 years later, they started producing a, a magazine-type track. When I say track... That's uh, what people go and they hand out. They'll, and, and maybe you've, you've uh, a Jehovah's Witness has come to you before and handed you a track. It's a little magazine. And in that magazine, it says what they believe. That little track 
is called the Zion Watchtower. The Zion Watchtower. That is a very important piece of information that Jehovah's Witness have to have as they go to your house, as they see you at the gas station, as they go and tell you about what they believe. Basic beliefs. Basic beliefs. And I, I have given this talk, I, I, would, I just need to say this up front. I have given this talk before, and Jehovah's Witnesses were in the room, like there are here tonight. And I'm so glad you're here. I know there's around five of you for sure. Awesome. So glad you're here. You're always welcome. And have come up to me after the, the message and said, man, what you said is not true. It is not true. I don't know why you said that. You don't know what you're talking about. And here's my response before you come up to me after this and tell me that I'm, I'm wrong. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, but everything that I'm teaching is everything that is on your beliefs and doctrinal website, jw.org. And so I'm just letting everybody know that's where I get my information. I'm not making any of this up. I'm not doing this for my own good. I'm doing this to teach us more about Jesus Christ. That's the reason for these messages, is to teach Christians more about Jesus Christ. So I just want to say that up front. And I really haven't been the most popular person this past month. I really, man, I'm sorry if I upset you. I'm doing everything I'm doing out of love. And some people have left, some people have called me bad names, some people have called my family bad names, and that's just not very nice. So I'm going to ask you, please don't do that, okay? I have feelings too. All right. For, I do, though. I do have feelings. I don't know why you're laughing. Rude. Jehovah's Witness, basic beliefs. Jehovah's Witnesses think that the earth is here forever. Now, when I say these things, I'm going to ask you, do not laugh, do not make any comments, and keep every comment to yourself starting right now. Starting right now. Whatever I say, if you don't agree with it or you think it's funny, you think whatever, I need you to keep it to yourself. If you're talking beside yourself to somebody else right now, please stop. Jehovah's Witnesses think that the earth is here forever. Forever. And forever is where all the good people who were not the anointed class. There's an anointed class of 144,000. You need to understand that's very important. Jehovah's Witness believe that there is a class of anointed, the anointed ones that is going to be the number 144,000. They believe that if you are not a part of this anointed class of people, then when you die and, and everything happens, then you will be on earth forever. Not a bad place, but you'll be here forever uh, whenever everybody else dies and goes to heaven. You come back to heaven on earth. They believe in forever for some people. God, their God, is called Jehovah. Now that is a massive difference. And I'm not even going to talk about that tonight. Their God, Jehovah, versus our God, and how they look at it in the Greek, in the original written language, is totally different. Totally different. Charles T Russell was actually uh, asked a lot of questions about his Greek and where he came up with this word and was quizzed, and he was wrong. It is all documented. Their God is called Jehovah, Jehovah's Witness. Christ, they believe Christ, they believe in God. Christ is God's son. They do not believe that he's God. They believe that he's inferior to God. 
When you have a conversation with a Jehovah's Witness and they come up to you, you may say to them, don't you know that Christ came to earth? And they'll say yes. Then you'll say, do you believe that he is God? They'll say no, he was a good person. They believe that Christ died on a stake, not on a cross. The earth will never be destroyed and will always have people living on it, as I talked about a second ago. The wicked people, bad people, people who don't believe in anything, they would say atheists, they say this, will be eternally destroyed. The human soul ceases to exist at death. Only 144,000 people will go to heaven. You must be baptized by immersion, immersion, underwater, which is what we believe as Baptists. Why do we believe that? Because John the Baptist baptized, people went under the water and came back up. That's biblical, that's what it says in here, that you will be baptized by submerging underwater and coming back up. They believe that to, you must be baptized in a Jehovah's Witness church to be saved. As a Christian, we do not believe that baptism equals salvation. Baptism is you raising your flag for Christ. You are saved as a Christian and then baptized, not baptized and then saved. A lot of religions, a lot of cults feel that you must be baptized to enter into whatever heaven that they may say. Christians believe you are saved, yes, heaven, awesome, Jesus, then baptized. The guy on the cross, when Jesus was on the cross, well, I talked about this already. When Jesus was on the cross, the man next to him on the cross, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. The man did not get down off the cross and go get baptized. Today he was with him in paradise, which is heaven, showing baptism does not equal salvation. The Holy Spirit is not God. He's an intelligent and personal force is what they believe. The use of medicine and doctors is not allowed. Afterlife. So what do you do when you die? Heaven. Only 144,000 people will go to heaven, get to live with God forever. Same heaven we talk about and we teach about and we learn about. So the afterlife, there's three options. There's heaven, there's earth, as I just spoke on, and there's absolutely nothing. So what's the goal? Jehovah's Witness, what's the goal? To be, the goal is to be one of the 144,000 who will go to heaven. According to the witnesses, Jesus, now, now, now here's the deal. The goal is to be one of the 144,000. They believe that the more they do, the more people they talk to, the more tracks they pass out, the more this, the more this, the more this, then they possibly may be one of the chosen 144,000. And I've had many debates with Jehovah's Witness saying that is not what we believe. And I will tell you that that is what I have been taught. That is what I read. That is what I read in your holy scriptures. That is what is taught. And according to Jehovah's Witnesses, they believe that Jesus, they had moments in their history where they were like, this is the time that Jesus is coming back. Because the truth is, students, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. That's what the Bible talks about. It talks about it from the Old Testament. It, I still got 10 minutes, bro. You can go, I'm sorry, Brett. It's awkward. It's I don't, you can get tired up here playing behind me. Sorry, Brett. See you in five minutes. Brett always wanted to take the stage from me, man. Y'all want Brett to come up? No! All right. Jesus is coming back. That's what the Bible talks about. That's what the Old Testament talks about. That is, that's the deal. 
Jesus is coming back. Jehovah's Witness, stay with me, come back. Jehovah's Witness believe they thought that Jesus, they had dates set that he was going to come back, certain dates. Those dates that they thought he was going to come back, 1874. They're like, this is the time, he's coming back, here we go, let's tell everybody. 1874 came and went, Jesus did not come back. Uh, there were other dates that they set up, 1914, 1918, 1925. All of those dates, they said, man, he's coming, came and went. And after, he, after it came and he didn't come, people would leave the religion. More and more people would leave after these dates would come. 1979, great year, great year. The year I was born, I'm old. 750,000 members left because they thought he was supposed to, Jesus was supposed to come and he did not come. How does it look like Christianity? Great question, Michael. Thank you. It looks like Christianity because they believe in God. They hold a very high view of scripture. And however, they restrict their Bible reading without the aid of the watchtower. Now this right here is called the New World Translation. This is the Jehovah's Witness Bible. Right here. Again, I told you I have every single Bible or spiritual book from most cults and religions of the world. Why? Because I love to know what they believe. And right here is the New World Translation. When you see, if you hold and you have a Bible... And it says the New World Translation, New World Translation, I need you to stop reading it. Because that's not the Word of God. It is very different. It is also very much the same. The Bible is very clear that you shall not add or take away from what, what, what people have put in here. The Bible is very clear on that. And now some cults and religions have added and taken away from what is in here. And I will show you in a few minutes exactly what I'm talking about. So how does it look like Christianity? They hold a high view of the scriptures, but you can, this is key, you need to understand this. You cannot read this, you can read it on your own, but as far as going and talking to somebody else about what you believe, they always go in twos or threes. Anytime they've come to my house, they don't go by themselves. Why? Because it is said in their teachings that they can only read the Bible with the aid of a watchtower. The watchtower is what they use. Remember what they hand out. The watchtower is a magazine that tells you exactly how to translate and exactly what this is saying. The Kingdom Hall. The Kingdom Hall is where they worship. We call this a church. They call their church the Kingdom Hall. I have been into a Kingdom Hall Christmas years ago. I'm wearing a hoodie and shorts. I'm in Arkansas. I just got done playing basketball, hooping on some fools. I'm driving, and I see a Kingdom Hall, and I see people there, and I'm going. I was so excited. This is not normal, especially in shorts and a hoodie. I walk into the Kingdom Hall. As I'm walking in, I notice there's no windows. I notice that... All the walls are glass and see-through, and there's a speaker system in every single area that you can go into, including the bathroom. Why? Why? Number one, so you can see everything that's going on. Number two, so you can hear everything that's going on. Again, teaching and reading the Word of God is very important to them, but 
They want to let you know exactly what they believe. So reading and teaching on your own is a little different. As I walk in, I am immediately greeted by a lot of people surrounding me. I'm like, hey, I'm ready to go to church. And I was rude. I will, I will just go ahead and tell you, I, I, I was a Christian. I was a pastor, but I was a rude Christian pastor. And I went in, and I went in with the idea that I'm going to win this entire kingdom hall to the Lord. Okay, I, that didn't happen. They asked me to leave. Why? Because they pulled out their Bible, and they said, so have you ever read the Bible? And I had in my little hoodie pocket my Bible. And I said, well, your Bible is a little different than my Bible. And that upset them very much. That was rude. I should not have done that. I should not have done that. But the truth is, their Bible is different than our Bible. If you look at the verse John 1.1, John 1.1 is a key verse. John 1.1. Do we have it up on the screen? Let's throw that up there real quick. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is a key verse to our Christianity. You need to understand this. In the beginning was the Word. That capital W, that cap, anytime, well, I don't have time for, uh, to exegete this right now. But anytime you see a, the Word right there is talking about Jesus. It's talking about God. In the beginning was the Word. God was here in the beginning. Look at Genesis. He was here. And the Word, Jesus, God, was with God. And the Word, Jesus, was God. Now that's biblical. That is such gold right there. I wish I could talk more about this. But that is amazing. John 1.1. Now, watch. John 1.1 out of the New World Translation of the Holy Scriptures. John 1.1. In the beginning, the Word was, comma, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Lowercase g. When you talk about God, when you talk about Jesus, when you talk about the Lord, when you talk about Him who saved us, capital G, every time. When you're writing stuff on the Twitter and you're putting stuff on Instagram, you're like, I love God. If you do a lowercase g, He deserves an uppercase G. Why? Because He is God. The God, the only living God. Let me read this to you again. In the beginning, the Word was, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. That is a massive, massive difference. And I could, I could talk about Romans. I could talk about all sorts of different verses that are different than what we read. Four key differences. First one I just talked about is how they look at John 1.1. The second one is the denial of the crucifixion. The, de the, de the denial of the crucifixion means this. They believe that Jesus died on a stake, not on a cross. Now, catch this. Everything that we have taught, everything that we read, everything that we look back, archaeologists, everything that we have seen says that Jesus died on a cross. Jesus died on a cross. Lots of people died on a cross with a cross beam. A cross beam. 
Number three, departure from the resurrection. They teach that Jesus rose from the dead in spirit only. Here is their comment. This is, this is a Jehovah's Witness. This is their comment. We know nothing about what became of his physical body except that it did not decay or corrupt when it was dissolved into gases or whether it preserved somewhere as a grand memorial of God's love. Saying this, is that his spirit is the only thing that went up, but there, his body stayed and they don't know what happened to it. Well, let me just explain something to you real quick. In the Bible, there is so much evidence that his body was gone. There's so much evidence. Why did, here's some things I wrote. Why did Mary and the woman, John and Peter, only see the burial clothes in the tomb? Remember they went there? They went to the tomb whenever he was gone. And what did they see? His clothes. His clothes were there. Folded up nicely. Jesus, <laughs> so nice of him. Like he died and rose again and like folded his clothes. I never make my bed. WWJD. Jesus left his clothes there. That's, that's biblical. They saw that. There's multiple accounts, check this, there's multiple accounts of people finding his clothes right there. Jesus ate with the disciples. It, after he died and he rose again, he came and he ate with his disciples. Let me, under, let me just say something, a spirit cannot eat with the disciples. Thomas touched Jesus' hands. You remember that? When he died, he came back, Thomas was like, whoa! Jesus like, check it out, bro. <laughs> Touch it. Put your hand there. That's gross. Do it. Okay. And he did it. And he talked about it. That's in every gospel. The gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those dudes didn't like get together and write a book together. They wrote different accounts of Jesus, but they all had the same account. He touched him, and it wasn't a spirit. I could go on and on and on. They say that since he physically did not rise, that he will not physically return. As Christians, we believe that he will physically return, and he will, and he will. And the last one is they discount Christ's atonement, meaning that him dying on the cross doesn't really matter. Because salvation, check this, they believe salvation happens through works more than what happened on the cross and what happened afterwards. And there are 200 different times in the New Testament that salvation is said to be by faith alone. Faith alone. What is faith? Faith is believing in something you cannot see. Salvation comes through faith alone, not through doing works. And I want to tell you one more story, and I'm over my time, and that's okay, because I'm in charge. One more story. A few years ago, and some of you know this story, a few years ago, and maybe you're in this room tonight who I'm telling this story about, and that's awesome. A few years ago, I was, uh, I was, I used to live in Firethorn, and uh, I was just hanging out, and I saw some people walking up the road. And it was, and I, I had been praying for Jehovah's Witness to come to my door. Like every time I was never, I was never there and my wife would call me like, hey, there's some Jehovah's Witness or some Mormons here. And I'm like, nah, 
I missed it. And I was, so I just started praying, God, bring me some Jehovah's Witness. Bring me some Mormons. I want to talk, I want to hang out with them. Well, he heard my prayer. Literally, the next week, walking down the street, three people. And they're coming, and I'm like, yes, awesome. Get to tell them about Jesus. And so we're talking out there. And we're sitting in the driveway, and my wife and my daughter are sitting there as well. And we're just talking and talking and talking. And, man, it, 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 it didn't really get heated, but it was good. It was a great discussion. He was telling me about Jehovah's Witness. I'm telling him about Christ. I, then I'm like, hey, dude, I have, he's telling me stuff about the Bible. I start telling and he's like, how do you know? I'm like, well, I have a degree in Bible. Like, this is something I'm actually, I know. He's like, wow, well, tell me more. And I start telling him more, and he starts telling me more about the Bible. And, and it is a great, I'm like, yes, this is awesome. Wow, we are just doing this in the driveway. We're lo- he's nice, I'm nice. Then I said, then I said this question. And there was a young man there. I say young, he was like really tall. He was in seventh grade and he went to Seven Lakes High School. And so I asked him, I looked him in his, no. I asked the man who was with him because the, 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 the student didn't really say anything. So I asked the man, I said, I said, let's just deal with this. And by the way, he and I have met, we've gone to Starbucks together we still disagree, but we're still hanging out. That's so cool. So I asked him, and this brought me to tears and it brought my wife to tears. I said, will you just tell me, so when I die, when I die as a Christian, where do you, what happens to my body? His response, your body will be eternally engulfed in flames. And I just started crying. Like, I I was like. (sighs) And then I, I I think my wife went inside then. Then I turned to that that young man. It's what I said to him. I said, hey, dude. Do you really believe all of this that you're being taught? Do you really, do you really believe it? Do you really believe everything that you're, you've been taught? If he wasn't here, if you didn't have the watchtower, if you didn't have all this stuff, would you seriously believe it? And he could not answer me. He could not answer me. And now I have yet, he, the, the, the man that I meet with has yet to give me this guy's information. I've been trying, I want to invite him to church so bad. I've been wanting to do it for years. I can't find him. I don't know. Maybe y'all know. I don't know. But he could not answer it because the truth is, the truth is, and I will say this to anybody in this room who's a Jehovah's Witness, and I will say this right now, who is watching anywhere, I will say, do you really believe everything that you are being taught and that you are hearing if you could do it alone? And let me just give you some freedom. As a Christian, we don't have to be good enough to go to heaven. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to tell enough people. We don't have to do anything to go to heaven. 
all we do is say, Jesus, come into my life. Wash me clean. Change me from the inside out. And I want to walk with you, and I want to know you, and I'm going to do everything I can to glorify you with my life. And at that moment, as a Christian, at that moment, you are, you are washed clean. The next part is walking with him and learning more about him and letting him change your life. And there's no works. It's strictly faith. There's freedom in that. Any cult, any religion, anything that you don't believe, there's freedom in saying, Jesus, come into my life and change my life. And then you get to know about him and walk with him, and it literally changes your life. How do I know that? Because it happened to me. This crazy fool right here. Somehow, some way, I got to a place where some joker was on the stage talking, and I said, I, I, I need that Jesus. And it changed my life forever. And so tonight's message, tonight's message is not so that you can take this message and be like, oh, what's up, Jehovah's Witness, John 1, 1, what you got? Don't do that. That's not the goal. How do you win a Jehovah's Witness to Christ? How do you win a Mormon to Christ? How do you win an atheist to Christ? How do you win a Buddhist to Christ? How do you win a Muslim to Christ? How do you win a Hindu to Christ? How do you win... Anybody who doesn't follow Christ, how do you win them to Christ? With Christ in your life. When people see you, they should see a difference. Amen. Amen. When people see you, they should see a difference, yeah? Yeah. When people see you, they should see a difference, yeah? Yeah. The question, can you say yeah to, when people see you, do they see a difference? Are you any different than anybody else? Are you the same as the world? Can you say, yeah, people see a difference in my life? Most of you, you can. Because most of you are amazing. And God is doing great things in your life. And tonight I want to give everybody the opportunity to accept Christ into your life. So no one looking around.